Welcome to the To Faithful Men podcast. This project started in 2006 to preserve old sermon and study tapes of Wiley Flanagan, Hassel Wallace, and Mike Strevel. 2 Timothy 2.2 says, And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. So, now then, look at, look at the verse that we started out with. Let this mind, uh, he just told you what kind of uh, mind it was, and he said, let this mind be in you, uh, which was in Christ. Then, verses 6 through 8 illustrates the kind of mind that Christ had. I'm going to read that. It's doctrine, I'm not going to spend any time. I just read to illustrate the kind of mind that Christ had, emptied himself, left from glory in heaven, and shrouded himself with a servant. Oh, come to die for my sin. Can't you hear him say in John 17, asking God now when he's coming back, that he might have the glory that he had with him before the world was? Now, I want that back now. It wasn't that he ever failed to be the king, but he had to, to let some things be enshrouded and to appear less. I tell you, friends, Christianity is not big eyes and little U's. It's good Samaritans having a care for one another for Jesus' sake. Oh, Peter made a lot of blunders just like we all make. I make them every week. But finally, at the resurrection, he finally comes to the climax of life where he could say this, Silver and gold have I none. But such as I have, give I thee. In the name of Jesus Christ, rise up and walk. Acts 3, 6. Or 6, 3. Which way is it, Jenny? He don't know either. 3, 6. I'll believe. See, uh, well, we just got to let that go. Uh, don't turn me off yet. I'm going to sit down in a minute. Let's read now the illustration that he wants us to have of the mind of Christ. It's just, it's, that's all we'll get out of this tonight. We read, we begin with five. Now, that's our cornerstone verse. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but, but made himself of no reputation, and took upon him the form of a servant, and made was made in the likeness of man. And being found in the fashion of man, he humbled himself, and became obedient unto death, even the death of a cross. That's the illustration. And then another reason, just give me a minute on this, another reason why that we should rise uh, to this level of God's thinking is that we might avoid so many ignorant mistakes in this life. You make note of that. Now, these are, these living men, friends, had a time learning Jesus. Oh, friends, this next 12 months, if you read the gospel 15 times with the intent to learn, you'll understand why that these men always called Jesus teacher. Well, Nicodemus said, we know 
that thou art a teacher that come from God. And one time, when his when disciples were out in the ship with him and they thought they were going to sink and drown, they run to wake him up and said, Master, don't you care if we perish? That word master means teacher. Listen, you mark this down and you'll learn it if you read it long enough. The people that knew Jesus best referred to him most of all as teacher. Jesus Christ didn't know what it was to proclaim a gospel in a fast, hurried way with a loud voice, with perspiration running down his cheeks for nobody to understand really the points that he had made. Teacher, teacher, don't you care if we perish? Thou art a teacher that's come from God and Christ taught in Christ, taught in Christ, sat down, and he taught them. The reason he taught them that in due process of time that they would stop making so many ignorant mistakes. You know, one time in Christ, from Christ, and this is in Mark, Mark 8, 31-33, Mark 8, 31-33, this is an account where that Jesus in his early, from the earliest moment when he began to teach uh, these men that he must suffer and die, uh, Peter uh, began to rebuke him and said, these things must not be. Now listen, see, <clears throat> Peter had made a horrifying mistake through ignorance. He's not up to the point to understand yet. The Christ didn't shove him off and say, get on out of here. But he did tell him to get behind me, Satan. You made a terrible mistake. And then he said, you think like man and not like God. You remember, he said that now in verse 33. He said that. Well, you see, at this time, Peter had been unable to rise up to God's level of thinking. What Peter should have said but I don't understand that, teacher. Explain a little bit more in detail. That sounds so bad that you must die. We want you to stay with us. But no, he rebuked him as though he didn't know what he was saying. So he thought on the level of a man. But later on, you know, I spoke of him in Acts at the resurrection. His mind has got on up there on the level of God. What for? Whatever I have, however I can help, Oh, Christ has done so much for me. Now I want to honor Him. I want to be a light that shines in darkness. In John 14 and 5, you know, Thomas, is always, he is always a doubter. I've got some of that in me. I'm not really criticizing him uh, in a bad way. I have doubt in me all along. I, uh, I'm not saying that I don't have any. But a, but a doubting person, if you don't get any of it out of you, but all you can do is just make blundering statements and just be sad and despondent. So Thomas, Jesus is telling him, he's getting on pretty close to leaving time, and so he's made remarks, y'all know where I'm going. And Thomas says, says, no, we don't know where you're going and how can we know the way. And then on down past that, old Thomas said, Oh, Jesus, if you'll just show us the Father, we'll be satisfied. That was a terrible statement for him to make. He'd been with him now almost three years. 
But Jesus just corrected him, and he said that we would stop making that ignorant mistake by saying, well, now, Thomas, have you been with me this long and have not learned if you have seen the Father, you've seen me also? Oh, friends, when I run around saying that I hope I have salvation, that I hope I'm saved, that I hope I'm a child of God, I made that many times ignorantly. I hadn't seen the verses in here of that told me that these things are written that you might know that you have eternal life. I hadn't, I hadn't searched the pages that showed me all the evidences that I could glean. And I hadn't even read far enough and looked up the word what hope was. For this, just this fun of waiting with fun anticipation to come into that which I claim now by faith. And know that I have by experience and by the word of the Lord. Oh, friends, I made a lot more ignorant statements than old Thomas did. But anyway, we come to church to learn how to make less and less wild, ignorant statements that degrade the very mind of God and the mind of Christ. You know, in Acts, in John 18.10, old Peter, he's like I was, he's always asking and asking questions, sometimes making a fool of himself. He, sometimes he wasn't up there thinking uh, and, and hadn't reached the, the plateau that Christ meant for him to. You know, he's coming there and they're taking Jesus, and Peter thought they just taking him against his will, and he jerked out his knife and made a wild slash and cut one of the high priest men's hair off. But he'd done that ignorantly. He shouldn't have done it. Later on, he wouldn't have done that for nothing. But he's an ignorant, wild move because that he had not risen to God's level of thought. That's been three years now of teaching. You understand it takes a long time all of your life to learn about God. Most people think you can learn about God sitting in an armchair knowing you ought to read the Bible or going to church. You can't do it that way. It'll never be done successful that way. I'll assure you. you. Do you have any idea why God wrote and told through Paul to tell Timothy to study? You reckon why he done it? It's because before Timothy wouldn't make a lot of wild, ignorant expressions. Where he could get on up there and think like Christ and then the things that Christ had sent for him to learn. In Acts 1 6, even this is actually resurrection. In Acts 1 6, after seeing that Christ had come to die for his people and was going back, and wasn't surely they should have understood that he wasn't going to set up no visible outward kingdom and set up on the throne of David. Sure, they should have long learned up. You know what they asked him? They said, even at the resurrection, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? <clears throat> have you ever made any wild, ignorant thoughts? Well, if you have, God don't want you to repeat that. And the way he designed for you to stop that is to know that he gives you a preacher. There's a lot of people will say on Sunday uh, that when a preacher says uh, that when Philip uh, 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 would run to the eunuch, said, you understand what you read? He said, how can I accept some man explain it to me? And then he explains who that man was, which is Christ. But we all say on Sunday, oh, we need a lot of help. And they've not one out of 50 Christians 
that ever go to their pastor and ask him one frizzling question. Not one out of fifty. I could raise that and still be saved. Now, what we're saying is that with Jesus it don't make no difference, or I don't want to know. But the reason we thank him either way is because that we have not risen to God's level of thinking. He wants us to think the same, know the same, work for the same objective. Oh, friends, that's what he wants, and he designed a way for it to be done. Now then, I want to say just for a moment or two about the benefits of rising to this wonderful way of life. The first one that I want to mention, I'm not saying this is all of them, just kind of gives a little basis to think about. The first one is, if I do this and go on and on, why well, be like Christ desires me to be? Do you want to be like Christ desires you to be? Are you running around and saying that you can't be like Christ desires you to be? If you're saying that, you know why you are? It's because you hadn't risen to God's level of thought. Have you read Matthew 5, 48 lately? You know what that says? Jesus says, as I am perfect, be ye perfect, or be like my Father in heaven. Don't you think that's a good objective for any child of God? Isn't that better to make that your objective instead of saying, run around and say, oh, I can't do that. Christ didn't mean that. And then ask some preacher to explain it away for you. You can do it that way if you want to, but if you do, I'm telling you why you do it. It's because you not don't have the mind of Christ in you. Just make that your objective. If anyone here tonight has a drinking problem, you just know that Christ didn't have one, and he'll help you with yours. I beg my boys to be strong in the church. The only reason they're not sent is because they don't want to be. And the reason I didn't want to be baptized, I boy, boy, I just ignorant. That's ignorant going to see. Friends, if you're here tonight, you had not been baptized, and you say you love God, I beg you tonight to offer yourself to this church. I beg you to not dare to go out that door. If you do, you do it ignorantly. And now you do it willfully ignorant because I told you better. So the first thing is that we might be like him, just like he tells us to be, Matthew 5, 48. And then the next thing is that we might commit all to him. I want to turn and read that verse. That's in 2 Timothy 1, 12. Oh, the preciousness of that verse. I remember one time when uh, I come down to get Brother Grady Norton. Many of you know him. You that don't bear with me. Uh, his wife in the hospital had found out that Sister Adria had cancer. And, uh, and, and then all probability, she wasn't going to live long. And so they'd asked me to come down. We thought a lot of each other and drive them back home. And while before we left out, I said, Brother Grady, you want, to, want me to read something? I said, yeah, uh, read First Timothy 1, 12. He said, that's what I'm holding on to. Oh, friend, I want you to listen to the preciousness of this. God wants you to rise upon his level of thinking where you can commit Commit yourself to Him. Commit all you have to Him. Trust in Him completely for salvation. 
Do you think that's a bad expression to say, trust in Jesus Christ for salvation? Well, if you do, tell me who else you're going to trust in. And if you say that's a bad expression, it's simply because you're not on the level that you should be in God's thinking. Let's read this verse. I ask you to listen to it. Paul said, I'll read verse 11, Whereunto I am appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher of the Gentiles, for the which cause I also suffer these things. Nevertheless, I am not ashamed, for I know whom I have believed, and am persuaded that he is able to keep that which I have committed unto him against that day. Friends, you can't you can't rise to God's level of thought without committing something to him. Did you know that? It'll force you to. You'll be thrilled to. There'll be no other way of life for you. Even if it's salvation by grace. When you know when you learn reading so many people that's lukewarm about that is because they really don't know what a great sinner they are. They don't know about the holiness of God. They don't know about the love of God with any degree. They don't understand the agony cried out, My God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Brother, you get up on let that get into your mind and get into and, and to see the security that you have in the arms of Jesus Christ. You can't help but commit something to it. You don't want to run the water hole. The only thing that develops a dry land badge is his ignorance. You hear me? The only thing that develops a dry land badge is that one hasn't been baptized is ignorance. I'm telling us preachers, we ought to we ought to make people willful ignorant, and that's the worst kind of ignorance on earth. The people that leaves out this meeting should say, if they're not doing something, I'm willful ignorant from now on. And then in Second Corinthians five seven, if you get up on God's way of thinking, you will order your behavior in the realms of faith and not by sight. It says, For we walk by faith and not by sight. And then I want to close with this, that if we really get up, get up on God's level of thinking and we learn what it is to believe in Jesus Christ, what assurance that brings to us and what promises it is to that believer will be a blessing untold. We fiddle faddle around with John 3.16 and argued against it. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son that whosoever believeth in Him shall not perish. Do you know of any greater expression than that in all of God's holy word? In 1 Peter 2.6 is a verse that tells the believer that they shall not be confounded. That means that they shall not be put to shame. I'm telling you this tonight. If you're on God's level of thinking, He's telling you in that verse that when it's all said and done and the hope that you cherish is what He's telling you, that you shall never be confounded. And that means that you shall never be put to shame. I made a shame all along in my life, but that's going to end. It's said that you shall never be brought to disgrace at the end time. How wonderful that is. You shall not be made to blush. It's all in this word, confounded. 
shall never be dishonored concerning their hope. When I was a boy and I was growing up on the farm, sometime that one of the old men would drop something and say, oh, confounded. And I never did know what he meant. But now I know what he meant. He, he was saying, well, I'm defeated. I dropped that. May we be trying to hitch the new love and you kick out of the traces. All confounded. He's defeated. Well, I'm telling you, when you get to thinking on God's level, that Holy Spirit will reveal to you that in the end time you will not be defeated. There will be no child of God defeated in any land, in any kindred, in any nation, and in any tongue. This is the fire that's to be built upon it whereby that we're to honor God. I say this in closing. If you spent a lot of your life in hearing preaching, if you've gone to a lot of associations and all you ever heard about that, that so-and-so was in the Spirit and so-and-so wasn't, that was awfully displeasing to God. If that association couldn't have, it couldn't have been, it could not have been for one godly reason, and that was to learn more how to let the mind of Christ be in us that we might serve Him better, that there might be some sinners that are brought to repentance, we might learn more how to esteem one another better than ourselves, and look over each other for good and not for evil. Oh, friends, I know just about how tired you are. I'd be tired if I had to sit down to someone else. Oh, this means an awful lot to me, and there's so many things that I find myself guilty of and falling short of the mark. But I must raise myself. I find it's so hard to forgive other people that does wrong is what I think to me. I find that so hard. But I must raise up. I must beat that. I must get above that. I still gospel a little to you. And sometimes I find myself finding fault with someone else. But, but the mind that Christ said, get the Get the beam out of your own eye. That means clean your own life up to the uttermost before you say one all against anyone else. We're in the seventh month of this year. Have you said anything against another child of God? Have you tried to find out about everything that's going on and go about and gossip about it? Have you members said anything against any preacher that you didn't know whether it's right or wrong? Has any preacher said anything against any member of Christ would never do that. And we'll stop it when we get up on God's level thinking. You mark that down. That's what it means, making perfection my goal. Working towards it every day. Gaining some and losing some. I hail you happy in the Lord tonight. I pray that you would pray for me that my sermon tonight could be fulfilled in my life the longest day I live. And I love you, whether you believe or not. And I thank you often. This might sound a little bit sour. But the church is not interested in what I preach tonight. It's dead as a doornail. It'll never be no more than what it is right now. And it'll never bring no glory to God. They will consist of entertainers and entertainees. While the devil has a big time. 
Oh God, help me to commit myself to Thee. Dear Heavenly Father, I do thank Thee for loving me. And I know that I'll never understand fully just how much You've had to forgive me. And I know that I'll never understand fully just how much You have to put up with me each day. And I never, I, never, I may never reach the compassion that You want me to have. But if I know my heart, I do want to be a good Samaritan. I want to help someone. And I want to love someone. I want to be compassionate whether people believe that or not. God, I ask You to test me more. I thank You. For the, I can't thank You for my sickness, but I thank You for testing me where I can prove my love whether I've got it or not. I thank You for putting me in a position where I can know whether I love James Adam or not. Oh, God, I thank You for that. And I pray, Lord, that You'd let me find some more needy circumstances. Let me find someone that's lonely, just wants to talk a while, and bless me to shut my mouth and listen. I beg someone that needs a little smile, and oh, Lord, I'm not blessed with a lot of smiles, but help me open my mouth that they might see a godly smile in me. God, help me to find someone that needs a kind word. Help me to help those, Lord, that's down and out. I believe you've got some children of God been overcome by whiskey and beer. I believe you've got some children of God, Lord, no doubt, that has lusted. God, bless me to not throw them down. Bless me to help them. Bless me to live in some way or another that they'll know what I love them. God, God, bless me to wash all of this lighter than that attitude out of my life. I don't want a drop left in me. And I can't get rid of it myself. It's by my nature. I'm always seeing how good I am. I know that's not the mind of Christ. I don't want a drop left that in me. God, help me. Help me each day. For those that have problems here tonight, we all do more or less. God, help them to see this cornerstone that they must start on. Help them know that, that evil, mad, trembling devil is out there and does so much want to destroy their lives. Now, each one of us, oh God, God help us. Help us to be humble and loving one towards another. Help us to know what it is to have the mind of Christ and to rise upon the level of God's thinking. God, may it be so. In the name of Jesus, we pray. And amen. Thank you for listening. Don't forget to subscribe and share with a friend. Be steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord.